Good morning. How's everybody doing? We're talking about money, so I'm going to put my wallet on the table up here. No, I do that every week because I don't like having a wallet in my pocket. Uh, hey, we're really glad that you're here. We are going to continue the series that, uh, that we started last week about giving. And uh, so we're going to jump into that in just a minute. And, and uh, before we do that, I uh, want to let you know about a tool that we're going to offer you to help you with this whole topic of giving that we've been talking about because it's really uh, more than just about, um, about giving uh, as it is about getting your finances together. And the end of this month, February 24th, uh, so two Sundays from today, we're going to offer uh, Joe Sangle's financial learning experience. That's going to be at our office. And uh, this is uh, Joe. We had Joe live and in person here two years ago in February, so almost two years ago to today. And, uh, and he did his, his thing, and a lot of you were here for that. It's really good stuff. He talks about investing. He talks about budgeting. He talks about giving and all the different things that, that you need to, to deal with if you're going to get your, your finances together. And so we, uh, we have this on DVD, and we're going to show this at our office on February 24th. And uh, we would love for you to sign up to be at that. If you need help trying to figure out how to do a budget, how to figure out how to do some investing, just if you look at your checkbook and your stuff, whether it's a money market account or savings account, and you say, man, I don't know where all the money we make goes, but it's not in here, uh, this, is, this is a good tool for you to come to. Uh, I'll, I'll share some more of this later, but, but uh, Sherry and I, um, before this happened two years ago, we had never made a monthly budget. The way we lived was... We would just pay the bills and then hope stuff was left over and then uh, go like that. You know, just, just deal with it that way. Um, next month, March, will be the two-year anniversary where we've made 24 straight monthly budgets and lived by them. And, and uh, if you want to talk to me about that, I will talk your ear off about how much better I feel about my money. So when I go to put gas in my truck, I know when I swipe that debit card, there's plenty of money in there for gas because we budgeted it and we haven't spent it on anything else and we've saved and a lot of different things. But uh, that made a huge difference for us personally. Um, and, and it was just, <clears throat> and listen, he didn't tell me a whole lot of stuff that I hadn't heard before, but he did it in such a way and offered free tools on the internet that we use every month. And it just made it easy for us. And so I want to encourage you to, to come to the financial learning experience. Even if you came two years ago, be good to come for a refresher course. And if you weren't there, definitely good for you to be here. Last week, we started a, a new series called Heart of the Matter, and we're talking about giving. And, uh, and, and if you weren't here last week, uh, one of the things we talked about, we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to be back in there again, so if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles, if you've got them. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry, we'll put all the Scripture on the screen. But we'll be back in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that's in the New Testament. And, uh, and, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, last week we've, we focused on verse 7. And, and in this, this book, this is actually a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote and he wrote it to a church in a place called Corinth. And we focused on verse 7 because in verse 7, he was telling the church at Corinth, he said, there's a church over in a place called Macedonia, which was about 150 to 200 miles from Corinth. And he said, those folks there are given, they're given like they're supposed to give. And then he says to the church at Corinth, I want you to be like them. I want you to excel in the grace of giving. And he told them that they were excelling in a lot of other things. He said, you're already excelling in knowledge and in love and 
all this good stuff. But as you excel in those things, you also need to excel in the grace of giving. And so we talked last week about, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to excel in the grace of giving? And what we, what we decided, what we looked at Scripture and found, is that to excel in the grace of giving, it's, it's about two things. It's about amount and it's about attitude. The amount is, is what the Bible calls a tithe, which is 10% of what you make. And then the attitude is a cheerful attitude. Because if you continue to read in 2 Corinthians and you get over to chapter 9, it says God loves a cheerful giver. And we talked about how very often, and I, gave, and I told my own story about this, about how very often the attitude follows the amount. That as you begin to give the right amount, your attitude begins to change and you, you go from being someone who wasn't real, real excited about giving 10% to being someone who loves to give 10% and more. And you become a cheerful giver. And so we want to continue talking about that today. And what I, and I told you last week that really it's almost like a two-part message this week, last week and this week are kind of combined. Because what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about some practical steps to figure out, okay, how do I go from where I am to getting to the point where I do excel in the grace of giving? And so we're going to look at, at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 10 through 12 today. So I want you to follow along while I read this. Follow along in your own Bibles or look up here at the screen. Chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, verses 10 through 12, says this. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Now before we read verse 12, what Paul is saying here is, He's telling the Corinthians, there was a time when you were real excited about giving. And in fact, you were the first people to give. You were the first ones. That, so you weren't just excited about it, but you actually did it. But then he says to them, but at some point between getting excited and actually giving and being the first ones to do so, between there and before you got to the point where you excelled in the grace of giving, you, you, you kind of backed off. You didn't finish the work. And so what he says there is, Finish the work. You started giving, continue to do so. Let it become a regular part of your life. Finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. And remember last week we talked about the reason why the amount is a percentage is because it, it doesn't matter the dollar amount. It matters the percentage amount so that God is just as pleased with the person whose 10% is $10 as he is with the person whose 10% is $10 million. And, and in fact, when, when there was a great story that, that Jesus told, well, it wasn't a story. He was standing and watching people give their offerings at, at, the, at the temple. And this old lady comes in who gave just the tiniest little bit amount of money. And, and if you looked at that from the outside, you would say, that's not a big gift. That's not an important gift. And Jesus said her gift was more important than everybody else's because the percentage of what she gave, she gave almost all that she had. And so when it says there, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. So if you're here today and, and, and you're saying, saying to yourself as I'm talking, you're thinking, what, what will my 10%, what difference will that make? If you give that, 
You're doing exactly what God wants you to do, and He is pleased with that gift because it's not about whether it's a big amount of money. It's about what's going on in your heart and your willingness to do what He has told you to do, to excel in the grace of giving. Now, as I read those three verses, verse 10, 11, and 12, and, and uh, th- th- this, is what, this is a message that, that I had this idea back last spring. And I went away for a couple of days to, to do some work on messages and, and sermon uh, calendars and stuff like that. And as I was reading those verses, this idea came into my mind and I started to pray through it and think about it. And, and I thought about what this seems to talk about when it says that you've got the Corinthian church who they were eager to give, but they weren't excelling in the grace of giving. And then you've got the Macedonian churches who Paul says they were excelling in the grace of giving. It shows that people are at different stages when it comes to giving. There are some that, that are doing exactly what God wants them to do, and there's some on the other per, uh, end of the, of the spectrum who aren't doing what God wants them to do. And I started to think about that, and I started to, to think about my own experience in church over the years, and I've been a part of a church since nine months before I was born, and, and just thinking about my life, and I thought about, I, I think there's three basic groups of people, of church people, when it comes to giving. Now, these, I have identified these groups on my own. This is, not, this is not research from a Gallup poll. This is nothing scientific. I, you, if you Google this, you will not find it, all right, unless you go on and put it on a blog this afternoon, and then we can all find it. And, uh, and if you do that, just say that it was your idea and not mine. I'm fine with that. But here, here's what I think, that when it comes to church, when it comes to giving, there's three groups of people. First, you've got group one. Group one are people... Who, who do not give and, and do not want to give. Now, this includes folks that, that aren't even Christians. This includes people that, that have not yet accepted the grace of Jesus, and so giving to God's not even on their radar. But it also includes folks who, who do claim to be Christians, who are parts of churches, who, who do even serve in church, and, but for whatever reason, they've never given, and they don't really want to give, and they don't think that it's important and sometimes they even think things like, well, I give of my time, and so I don't really need to give of my finances. And so that, that's one group. Then you've got group two, and, and this is the group where, where people have the desire to give and, and are, are already giving. Some of them in group two maybe aren't giving much, but, but they've got the desire. So it's different. Group one are people that really don't have the desire. Group two are people who say, yeah, I want to give. And, and in fact, in group two, you've got a lot of folks who, who understand that they are supposed to give 10% if they're going to excel in giving. They're supposed to have a cheerful attitude if they're going to excel in giving. And they want to get there, but they're just not there yet. And so uh, a lot of times I think that group two is, is the group that the large number of church people are in. I think the large number of people who are involved in church, they have a desire to give and, and are even giving some and maybe giving from time to time and, and, uh, and, and they would like to give more, but they just can't figure out how to make it work. And that's group two. Group two is, is, the, is the group where, where the giving drops off in January because you spend all your money in December for Christmas and you're paying off the credit card bills, right? And, and then you think, well, once spring gets here, we'll start giving again. Group two is the group that when you miss a, a Sunday because of an ice storm, you don't ever go and make up that last, you know, you're just like, well, well we didn't go to church, so we don't have to give, all right? Now, then, then you've got group three. Group three is what, what Paul talked about, what we talked about last week. Those people who excel in the grace of giving. 
Group three are people who are giving at least 10%, maybe more, striving to do more. They, they, are, they are cheerful about it. They're excited about it. It's become a part of their life. And, and, and that, that's where they are in group three. Now, I shared with you last week uh, my story and, and my wife's story about how we moved from being people who did not give to being people who are now giving more than a tithe and, and love giving it and that kind of thing. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. This is Lance Owens, and um, Lance is going to come up here, and a lot of y'all know Lance. He is uh, one of our elders for the time being, not because we're going to kick him off, but because he's moving and leaving us. Lance is, uh, y'all are going to really feel sorry for Lance here in a minute. He's moving to the beach. Wow, such a terrible life he has. But uh, I, wanna, I want Lance to share some of his story. Uh, Lan- Lance has told me this several years ago, and, uh, and I think his story is, is pretty typical of, of a lot of people. It's very similar to mine. Um, Lance, you, you uh, weren't always, you're in group three now, uh, the, the, the group that excels in giving, but you weren't always there. No. Uh, no t- tell us, tell us kind of what your giving habits used to be like. Well, um, if you were here last week, it was very similar to yours. Um, for a long time, when I first started my career, I was, I was married, um, had a house, had a payment, didn't think I could give, so I didn't give, and I went, uh, I went for a, a good many years. I was regular in church, I was, I was uh, teaching Sunday school, I was doing the things that I, you know, I thought I needed to, but I wasn't giving from, uh, financially, which was a big struggle for me. Um, so it, it, it went a long time not doing that, but I knew that was a, that was a, a problem, and uh, my wife reminded me periodically that that was a problem, and so... Uh, um, at some point, um, and, and, and it was after after years of not giving, I, I felt like okay, I need to give I need to give something. So um, unlike your story, I started very small. I think twenty five bucks a week, or twenty five dollars here and there when I got paid, and um, that's that's what I started with. And, and what I noticed was when I when I began to write those checks, it wasn't cheerfully, but I knew I needed to do it. And as I did it more and more. Um, Things began to change inside me, I guess, um, about my financial situation, if you will. And so I thought, well, let me give a little more. And so I think you said last week you went from almost nothing to 10%, boom. But I sort of had to gradually sneak up on it. But what I noticed is that the more I gave, the more peace I had. Now, I didn't give 100 bucks, and the next week I had an extra 100 bucks in my bank account. But I had, I had something inside me that I, I couldn't describe that... Um, that just was different about my, um, my financial situation. Right. Now, how did you go from giving, you know, you said you started $25 a week, yeah. and then how did you go from that to 10%? You know, what, what were some steps you had to take to, to, to get to the, to the 10% part? Well, part of, it, part of it was a budget, and I just had to look at, that, at where our money was going and, and where we were spending things and, and, frankly, where I could cut back and, and just prioritizing where my money was going, eating out and... and vacations and new TVs and different things like that. That, that was a big part of it. But, uh, but there, was, there was one incident, and I, I don't really know when it was, but it was, uh, it, was, it was years ago, and I was in a men's Bible study group, and it, it may have even been with you. Um, we, were re- we were reading uh, Malachi, mm-hmm. and you referenced Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 last week. And uh, that's the verse that says, if, if test me in this, give, and I'll throw up in the floodgates of heaven. And I, I'd heard that verse a lot over the years, and, and, and it, you know, it sounded good, but I said I believed it, but I don't think I acted like I believed it, and then one day through a Bible study, verse 9 came out, 
And verse 9 says, if you don't do this, you are cursed. And that, that scared the daylights out of me. <laughs> and so I think I had a little different shift in my brain, not because I was looking for the blessings, mm. but because I was, I was afraid of that curse. And that, mm. that, that verse grabbed me mm-hmm. big time. And if you look in my Bible right here, this was the Bible that I had. It's starred and underlined and highlighted right. that if you don't do this, you will be cursed. And I, I can't think of anything worse than to be cursed by God. Mm. And so that, that, that's what really made the change in my heart that, hey, I got I to gotta do this. And then once I started doing it, the joy came and the, the, the security within me that I know that God will take care of me and my family if I do the right things. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you've, been, you've been now, you've been tithing and uh, giving more than a tithe and for a long time. Would you, have you ever considered or would you ever go back to, you know, you're getting, like, Lance is getting ready to move, all right? They're going to be going to a different church. He could show up and... He, and, and I will just assume he's given at his new church. He could not tithe now. And he's got an opportunity right now to go back and quit being a tither if he wants to. The, this is, I don't know if you've thought about it that way, but you got that shot right now. No. Would, <laughs> would, would that be something you would be interested in doing? And if not, why not? No, absolutely not. Because uh, it's not about being cursed by Cliff, which right. is bad enough. But, uh... A lot of people have been cursed by me. No, They've I, lived to tell about yeah. it, though. That's right. No, I've, I've been in all three of those groups and... And, and the way I felt when I was in group one and even in group two mm-hmm. doesn't compare to, to the way I feel now mm-hmm. and never want to go back to that, that insecure feeling that I had and, and just that not having that peace of knowing that God's taking care of me. Awesome. Yeah. I'll give Lance a hand. Thanks, Lance. Thank you. I, I wanted you all to hear a, a story from someone else uh, because sometimes what happens is, is you come come to church and you hear the, the preacher say stuff, and you're like, well, yeah, that's because he's the preacher, right? But I wanted you to hear from, from someone just like you that, that Lance went through the same kind of uh, you know, storyline that, that I did in my family, that there was a time when he wasn't where he was supposed to be, but, but that through reading of the Scripture and through you know, getting to where he is, uh, you know, now he's at a place where he would never leave. Now, here's the cool thing about that. I could, have, I could have asked four or five other folks in this church to come up here and share their story, and it'd be very, very similar. This is a story I've heard a whole lot. And when you begin to talk to people about giving, you, you find out that people want to tell you their story. In fact, just last Sunday morning, I had several conversations with people out in the atrium out there, and somebody was laughing with me about something that his brother-in-law had taught him about tithing when, when he first started to do it. And, and just that, that, it's a sim, very similar story that you hear, that, that people at one time were not where they needed to be, and then once they got here, how things were different. Now, as I started to think about those three groups, which again, I created those, and you know, and maybe you're thinking, I'm kind of in between group one and group two. That's cool, you know, these are just groups I made up. But, but wherever you are, the goal is to get to the point where you excel in the grace of giving, where you're giving 10% or more and that you're excited about doing it. It's a part of who you are, a part of your life. And as I started to think about these groups, it seems to me that moving from group one where you don't give and you don't, you're not interested in giving, moving from group one to group two where, where now you have a desire to give and maybe there's some giving going on, that that move from group one to group two is all about a change in your heart. That's all about something that God's got to do inside of you to change your heart from 
Giving is not important to, okay, I know there's a need for it. And here's the tricky thing about moving from group one to group two where there's a change of heart. And I'm going to tell you something and you're going to think, well, why did we even show up here today, Cliff? But the tricky thing is, is you can't change your own heart. It just doesn't work that way. You can't wake up one morning and say, okay, I want to give now. I didn't, but now I do. And make it happen on your own. But God changes people's hearts all the time. God changes people's hearts who, who didn't know him and breaks their heart and lets them know about their sin to where they need him. But then God also changes the hearts of people who already have accepted him, who already know about their sin, and he changes their hearts about money, and he changes their hearts about racism, and he changes their hearts about forgiveness and all kinds of different things. And so God can change your heart. If you're in group one, and you really don't have a desire to give, and you're hearing me, and you're thinking, okay, I want to do what the Bible says, but I just don't want to, God can change your heart. But what you've got to do, if if you want that to happen, is, is the only thing really you can do, is you've got to continue to stay open to what God wants. And the way you can do that is Pray to him every day, and and you can pray about this. God, please change my heart. Change my heart. I want my heart to be like your heart. I know it's not. Because if you're in a group that says, I'm not interested in giving at all, then that means your heart is not lined up with the heart of God because the heart of God says, I want you to give. And so you can pray and ask God to do that. The other thing I would suggest is continue to put good stuff into your mind. Continue to read the scripture. Continue to come to church and worship with people and, 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 and worship through the music and worship through the teaching of the word and, and continue to put good stuff in. Because if you put good stuff in, then you'll begin to be transformed from the inside out. And so moving from group one to group two is about a change of heart. Now moving from group two to group three is a little bit different because because in group two, you, you now have a desire to give. You, you know that that's right. In fact, sometimes uh, I've had conversations with folks who are in group two that they're not yet in excelling in giving, but they'll say things to me like, Cliff, I'm so excited about this. I want to get there. I'm trying. We're working on it. We're trying to eliminate some debt. And we're working on getting over here to group three where we excel in giving. So there's already a desire there. There's already something going on in your heart. So what does it take to move from group two, where I think most church people are, to group three? Well, group two, a move from group two to group three is less about a heart change and more about planning. Now, that might seem very unspiritual. That might seem very boring. And you might say to me, Cliff, are you saying that all I got to do is make a plan and then I can be a tither? Yeah, pretty much. That's it. Because to go from giving just what you got left over to giving 10% will take a plan. Lance talked about that a while ago when he shared. He talked about when he, when he went from knowing that he needed to give to giving 10%. He said he had to look at budget and he had to figure out where they needed to make some cuts and they had to do all that kind of stuff. When, uh, when, before we started uh, this church here, I was on staff at, at Fairview Baptist Church for 10 years and I did... Uh, uh, youth ministry there, and, and we, we took a big trip every summer. We went to a camp called Centrifuge, and, uh, and we, would go, uh, we would go from here up to Jackson, Tennessee, which is between Nashville and Memphis, and, uh, and, and we would go up there and, and go to Union University is, is the, the school where Centrifuge was being held, and, and we would take anywhere from 85 to 150 uh, adults and teenagers on this trip. 
Now, when we got ready to go to Centrifuge, I didn't just, you know, say, just figure out, hey, we'll just leave whenever. Um, I hope some people show up. I, you know, I got a few adults coming, but I don't know if I got enough, but maybe some will be here, and, and then if they do, we'll go, and I uh, hope enough people show up so we can drive their cars and get there, and I haven't really figured out a route. No, we didn't do that, because the goal was to get from Greer, South Carolina, to Jackson, Tennessee, and the goal was not only to get there, but to get everybody there together, to get everybody there safely, and to get everybody there on time, so that we could then be at camp and experience what God does through camps in the lives of teenagers. And so that took planning. It took a lot of planning. We had to figure out where we were going to, when we were going to leave, who was going to go, who the adults were going to be, if everybody's paid their bills, if they've all turned in their permission forms. We had to rent buses. We had to map out a route. We had to figure out where we were going to stop to eat. We had to figure out when we were going to arrive and if we had everything that we would need for registration when we got there. And it took a whole lot of planning. Because in order to, to get somewhere that you're trying to go, no matter if it's going to camp, no matter if it's going on vacation, no matter if it's going from being the lowest person on the totem pole where you work to the owner of the company, it takes a plan. If I had just shown up and said, well, you know, I hope we make it there, but I don't know if we are or not, that would have been a huge disaster. And if we are going to really get serious about giving and get to the point where we excel in the grace of giving, we can't just say, well, one day I hope to be a tither. I'm ho- you know, we're hoping it's going to happen one day. Because when you just hope it's going to happen, it's never going to happen. But if you decide, all right, we're serious about this. We want to do what the Scripture says. We want to get to the point to where we do excel in the grace of giving. Then what steps will it take to get us from here to there. How are we going to do it? How long will it take? What do we need to do? Who, what kind of help do we need to get to get from group two to group three? Moving from group two to group three is about a plan. Now, let me, uh, I want to give you some very practical tips. And, and, uh, and if you're already in group three, you can just say amen to these when I say them, right? You don't have to, I'm just kidding. But you can, I don't care. Um, any of y'all grow up in a Pentecostal church? You can jump up when I say it, you know, or whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, but I would like for you, if, if, you're, if you're, and I tell you what, let's do this. I was going to say if you're in group t- two and you want to get to group three, write these down. Let's just do this. Everybody write these down, okay? Because then if you're already tithing, you won't make the people feel bad that are sitting near you, you know, and you're looking at them like, oh, yeah, I see you're not tithing. I am. I don't have to write this down. I got this under control. <laughs> so just everybody write it down and then and nobody, you know, will be embarrassed or whatever. But uh, here, here's some practical tips. Number one. If you're married, talk to your spouse. If you're married, talk to your husband or wife about this. If you're married, you cannot start giving 10 per, well, you can. You should not start giving 10% of your family's income without discussing it with your husband or your wife. Talk to your spouse. If you're single, step one's done. You can do whatever you want to with your money. Good for you. Second thing, figure out what you make. You can't give 10% if you don't know what 10% of what. You've got to figure out what you make. If, you're a, if you get a, a yearly salary, that should be pretty easy for you. If, you are, if you're 
uh, hourly employee or if you work a job where it's like, you know, you're the owner of a company and well, if, I get, if I do this much work this week, I get paid this week, then what you need to do is this. Look at what you got paid the last time you got paid. And, and, and that, that'll be your number for the next time you give. So if, if you're an owner of a business and you pay yourself every week or every two weeks based on what you just did in your business, then look at, okay, the last time I got paid, this is what I made. And then you're going to figure your number off of that. The third thing is figure out what 10% is of what you make. Figure out what 10% is of what you make. Now, I'm... I'm beyond remedial in math. In college, I had to take one math class. It was college algebra. And I passed it with a strong D. And because of that, I have a college degree and was able to go on to seminary. If they had required me to take another math class, I would have just dropped out of college because I'm terrible at math. But let me give you the key. This is how you can figure out what 10% of anything is. It's unbelievably simple. There's a decimal point at the end of the number. Move it one spot to the left. That's 10%. For instance, there you go. Awesome. I couldn't have done that when I was 23. I can when I'm 43. If you make $30,000 a year, that's 30 Oh, all right. I didn't want to make it 300. 30,000. 30,000. Then the decimal point. Move it one spot to the left. Now it's 3,000, which is $3,000. Just move it one decimal point to the left. That's 10%. For those of you that that sounds too simple and you want a math equation, I even can do that now. Multiply it times 0.10. Whatever it is, if you multiply 30, if you got a calculator, multiply 30,000 times 0.10, it comes out 3,000, all right? So figure out what 10% is. Figure out what you make, then figure out what 10% is. Then here, here's where it starts to get serious, okay? Then you have to decide how you're going to give and how often you're going to give. And here's what I mean by that. You need to decide, okay, am I going to give every week? Am I going to give every two weeks? Am I going to give every month? Or am I going to give yearly? Now, the majority of people that, that do this, they give based on how often they get paid. If they get paid weekly, then they give weekly. I know a lot of folks, where you work, you get paid every month. So we got a lot of folks that they give every month. That's great. So decide how often you'll give and then decide how you'll give. There's several ways that you can give to this church and if, you, if you're part of another church and you're visiting here today, you'll have to ask them about how they do it. Um, but we'll also accept your gifts here. You know, we won't turn away your gifts if you want to give them here. But, uh, but if you want to give to this church, we, we take up an offering every week and we pass a bucket around. You can pay with, uh, you can put a check in there. You can put cash in an envelope, put it in there. You can bring a check by the office. You can mail a check to the office. You can also give your tithe to this church using bill pay. Go on, if you use electronic banking at your bank, you can set us up and pay, pay the, the, the tithe to Freedom Fellowship the same way you would your Duke Energy bill. You can also set up a bank draft. You can give here through bank draft. So there's a lot of different ways you can give your 10% to this church. So the, here's the steps. Talk to your spouse. Figure out what you make. 
Figure out what 10% is of what you make and then decide how you're going to give and how often you're going to give. Now that's the easy part of the plan. The difficult part of the plan is giving that money first every month. That's one of the things that made a huge difference for Sherry and I. When we started to tithe, what the, the, the big difference was is we decided the first check that we write every week is going to be our tithe check. We're going to pay that before we pay the mortgage. We're going to pay that before we pay the water bill or the trash man or the electric bill or whatever else we got going on. We pay that first. And so we went from being people who gave to the church what was left over to giving to the church first and then giving everybody else what was left over. But let me tell you what happened. We never missed a bill. We never wrote the tithe check and then had to call up the mortgage company and say, hey, can y'all give us an extension? Because I'm crazy. I'm giving all my money to God. I don't know. It's just the way I'm doing it. It's the way I roll now. Y'all are going to have to deal with it. No. We wrote, the, we wrote the tithe check every week, and we never missed a payment on the house, on the electric bill, on anything else. And that wasn't because, you know, we're just greater than we were before. It was because God was changing our heart. And when, as we began to write our 10% check every week, it began to change in our hearts about how we spent our money in other places. Because we were very aware that, hey, this is God's money. So do I need to use God's money to buy whatever it was we were about to buy? This is God's money. Can I save some of God's money on the grocery bills if I go to another place? And buy my groceries? This is God's money. Can, can, we, can we combine some things that we're doing instead of everybody having their own, whatever it might be? So it changed us, and, and so that, that, that will happen for you. And then, and then uh, the, the, you know, when you, if you want to get really crazy, do what we talked about at the beginning of this message. You know, come to, to FLE on the 24th and figure out how to live under a monthly budget. And then, you know, a weekly or yearly budget, however you want to do it. Then things will really get out of control and you'll just have money laying around that you're like, hey, we got 40 bucks here that we didn't spend. What are we going to do with it? And that really will happen to you. That's happened to us. We'll get to the end of the month and be like, hey, we didn't spend this. What do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's have a party. You know, let's do something. This is awesome. We got extra money laying around. So, so, uh, so if you want to get crazy, uh, you know, start doing a budget. All right, but it will take a plan. It will take a plan. And then here's, here's the great thing, and just like Lance talked about. Once you get to group three, you'll never want to go back. Now, maybe there's somebody that has before. I haven't, ever, I haven't talked to everyone in the whole world who gives. But, but everybody I've ever talked to, that once they get to the point where they're giving 10% or more of their income, they all say exactly what Lance says. There's no way I would ever go back to living like I did before. Last week, I had another conversation with someone in the atrium, one of the, a lady in our church that her and her husband, they have been given here forever. They gave at the church that they were at before they came here. They are good givers. They are in group three, been there for years. And the lady told me, she, after I got done, she said, I wish that people who don't tithe could just know what it feels like to live like that. She said, and if everybody could know what it feels like to live like that, they would all want to do it. And I didn't go to her and say, can you give me a testimonial for next week's message? She just came up to me and said, I want to tell you about this. 
Because people who do that are excited. So, so here's the thing. We've talked all this last week and this week, and we've talked mostly about how if you, if you get to the point where you excel in the grace of giving, that it's a benefit to you. And it is a benefit to you. But I want to share the last part of, of, of 2 Corinthians 8, 13 through 15, those last three verses, and let you know that it's not just about you. Look at what Paul says to this church after he says, I want you to excel in the grace of giving. I want you to finish the work. And then he goes on and he says this, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much and he who gathered little did not have too little. The thing that we've got to remember, that giving, God will bless us, but giving is all about us being a part of something bigger. Bigger than us, bigger than your family, bigger than this church. It's about a part of us being, uh, about us being a part of God's big church, God's big plan, the kingdom of God that he is, he is pushing forward into the dark places of this earth. And if you give, you can be a part of that. Did you know that when you give a, 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 a part of your finances to this church, that it doesn't stay here? Some of it stays here, yes, absolutely some of it stays here. My babies have got to eat, and Donnie's kids have got to eat, so some of it stays here. We've got to pay the rent on this place. We've got to you know, have enough money to buy screens and stuff like that. But some of it stays here, but, but a lot of it goes away. And, and in fact, last year, 11% of everything we took in, we didn't use here at all for us. It went out of this place, and it went to, to places in this state. Right now, we're supporting two new churches in Charleston. We send them money every month. We're supporting a new church in Myrtle Beach. We send them money every month. We're, we're supporting uh, an orphanage in Haiti. And in two weeks, you're going to get to hear Bill Howard, who started that orphanage. He's going to be here, and he's going to share with you what's going on down there. We send them money every month. We support uh, uh, Water of Life, which drills wells and gives clean water to people in Rwanda and in India. We send them money every month. So when you give, it goes away from here. Not to mention everything that we give to a, 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 a big fund of money called the Cooperative Program, and that funds things like missionaries in North America and Canada and all the other nations in the world, South America, Africa, Europe, all these other places, our people are sent out to tell about the gospel. And when you give, it goes to that. So we're a part of a bigger work. Now, here's what I want you to think about before we're done. Like I told you last week, I believe, and, it's, and I haven't, it's not you know, from calling you up and asking you how much you make and how much you give and doing research. I believe that the majority of people in this church and in all of God's churches are in group two. They're giving some but not excelling in giving yet. What if everybody who is a part of Freedom Fellowship, every single one of us, you, the guy sitting next to you, the guy sitting behind you, the guy in front of you, the guy that's not here today, what if all of you and me and our whole staff, elders, everybody, what if we all gave 10%? Everybody. What if, what if the pool of money that we have to send to Haiti, 
to send to the cooperative program, to send to church plants? What if that 11% was a whole lot bigger than the 11% used to be because there's more of a a pool of money to take the 11% from? What if we all gave 10%? What do you think could happen? Now, I know for certain that all of you, your lives would be better, but I'm talking about what could happen in the big picture. How many more churches could we start? How many more orphanages could we support? How many more missionaries could we send out if we had, instead of 11% of, I don't, and this is not the number that came in last year, I'm just throwing this number out, so... If you're on the finance team, don't say, Cliff, you quoted a wrong number. If we had, instead of 11% of $400,000, it was 11% of $800,000. Again, I'm remedial in math, but I know that's double. What could happen? What could happen if we all gave? I love that in verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 8, Paul tells them, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it. It's great to want to give, but Paul says, you're you're eager to do it, but finish it. If you want to give, that's good. But he says, go ahead and finish it. And then if you finish the work, then what he says will happen in verse 14, then your plenty will supply what they need. We have an opportunity to supply what people need, what orphans in Haiti need, what people all over the world need, and we can be a part of that. Let's be a part of something bigger. So when you go home and you start to try to work through those steps that I gave you, think about this is bigger than me. This is bigger than my family. This is bigger than my bills. This is about what God wants to do. I want us to pray. When I'm done praying, we're going to worship with a couple of more songs, and so I want you to stand up and And uh, when I'm done praying, and we'll sing out those songs. But as I get ready to pray, I want you to think about, just think about where you are, not only with your giving, but just where you are with your relationship with with God and who he is. Um, You know, if, if you, maybe you're here today and you don't even have a relationship with him, so giving's not even on your radar, first thing you need to do is give him your life. Hand over your sin. Say, God, I've been doing this for a long time. It's yours. I can't do anything else with it. Because the song we sang right before I stood up here to teach says it best when it says, you gave your only son for us to be crucified on a cross. That's what he did. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your, your gift that you gave us through Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for grace that we deserve to be punished for our sin, but instead, if we trust in Jesus that we can be forgiven and we can have heaven one day as a home. Father, I pray for everybody here that we would evaluate where we are with you when it comes to our finances. And if we're, in a, if we're in a place where we're not yet excelling and giving, show us the steps we need to take.
Help us to be bold and to, to trust you, to, to believe that your promises in Scripture are true. That if we give, that you'll open up the storehouse and bless us and that we'll be able to be a part of a bigger project that you have going on in every corner of the earth. Father, I thank you that the gifts we give here today are going to go to places in the, in the world that I'll never visit, that I'll never be able to go to, but my money is there. But really, God, it's your money to begin with. And so remind us of that today. The only thing you're asking us to do is just to give back 10% of what you've already given us because it all comes from you, and we are blessed to be your children. Thank you for your church. Thank you for the Bible. And help us to live by it this week. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.